Grace, mercy, and peace be and abide with each of you in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who is our eternal Lord. Amen. Well, we are continuing through this Pentecost season. <clears throat> and one of the things that uh, I am trying to remind myself of is these readings are more than a recording of history. They're more than stories. They're God's message. They're God's letters to you and me. And as we look at that word and are reminded that this is the living word of God, it is still alive, it is still active, and it is still speaking today. And therefore with that, it is speaking to you and me. It is therefore very appropriate that we would take time every time we go to the Word, whether it is in worship, in a Bible class, in our own personal devotion time, that we would slow down and we would ask ourselves, Lord, what does this mean to me? Today, as we journey through this Pentecost season, we are once again reminded of the mission that the Lord gave us with his final words before he ascended into heaven, our marching orders, per se, when he said, you will receive power in the Holy Spirit, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You. Again, asking yourself, what does this mean to me? That word, that pronoun is directed toward me and you and all who exist today and who will come. You. In Jesus' last breath and his words in this world, he gave us that command. And here in Luke chapter 10, he is actually modeling this uh, for the people and for us today as he sent out the 72. Now, I, I have found sometimes in studying this text with people that they're like, now, wait a minute, where suddenly did these 72 come from? How come it seems that either the text often is pointing to talking about the 12, and now all of a sudden we have these 72. Well, I would like to suggest to you that it's not all of a sudden. Yes, Jesus appointed those 12 to be his apostles. And we see him pouring into them over and over again. But it was not only those 12 who were following Jesus. There were others as well. And so today we see that not only did he empower and did he send the 12 disciples to go and to be his witnesses, but he sent those 72. And let me go ahead and jump ahead, but he sends you and me as well. Sends the 72. Now here's some things that I appreciate about this text. First of all, we have that familiar passage that talks about how the workers are few. Ask, pray, 
that the Lord would send workers into the harvest field. A part of that is a reminder of this continuing call, this continuing mission, this continuing task that not only was that of God's followers then, but is ours today. And the truth is, is you and I know it, but all around us are many people who are hurting, many people who are lost, many people who need the comfort of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hence he says, the workers are few. Ask that the Lord would send out more workers. A footnote. Can I ask that once a week you would actually pray that the Lord would raise up workers for his kingdom? And I would almost guarantee you that if you would begin to pray this regularly, you will see several things happen. One, even within this church, you will see God raise up what is needed, who is needed, what gifts are needed for the work that God has called us to. But here's a more beautiful and powerful picture of what I believe would happen, and that is we would see more people coming to experience and to celebrate and to live out that grace of God in Christ Jesus. Sad note? Did you know out of two seminaries in our church body this past year, they graduated something like only 90 students? There is a great need for workers, and not just pastors, but teachers, educators, directors of Christian education, evangelism directors. Would you please pray? Lord, send workers. Let me add this one. In that prayer, I pray that your heart every time is pierced just a little bit, prodded and encouraged along to say, and what is it that you would have me to do, Lord? Because he has sent into you and into me his Holy Spirit. I love the fact that when the Lord sent his people, not only was it a scary thing, but he gave them that assurance that it was he, the Lord himself, who was sending them and that he was going to be with them and with us all of the way. It's a bit scary to imagine and to picture sometimes ourselves going out there. But I love this part of the text where he talks about telling them what to pack. Actually, what he does, he tells them what not to pack, right? Don't take a bag, you know, no purse, no extra sandals is really probably a better word. He didn't send them out barefoot, but go trusting I will provide. And here's the short, abbreviated translation I would give that. Just go, simply go and be my voice, my presence, my witnesses. He simply calls us to go, knowing that he will meet all of our needs.
Now, there is no doubt that um, he's sending us with a specific task, and it's not always going to be so easy. Some places will be rejected. But when he says you go into this house or a house or you encounter an individual, let me just try to help you to picture this. Because it doesn't so much door-to-door knocking, although that might be part of it. But he said, first go in and say to this house, peace to this house. Peace. This is far more than a, a pious wish. This is us extending to those we encounter in our own families, in our own neighborhood, in our golf club, in, you know, the grocery store, uh, in a restaurant, in the social club, wherever it is, this is us being those witnesses we are called to be and bringing to them exactly what they need. Same thing we do. When we come to Independence Day, my thoughts certainly uh, are turned towards giving praise and thanks to the Lord for the independence, the freedom that we are so abundantly blessed by as a nation. Very quickly during that week in my prayers, my, my prayers are turned to giving thanks for the peace that is ours, the freedom that is ours in where we can actually experience that. We live in a nation where we can share that. So if I were to ask you to begin to list how many people you know whose lives are filled with anything but peace, I bet it would not take you long to list ten. It may be a, a family member who's going through some struggle or strife. It may be a neighbor or a friend who's going through some brokenness in a relationship. It may be some heartache, some disappointment, some failure. Peace is hard to find. And yet the Lord tells you and me who have experienced this to share. You know that is one of the things that we as Lutheran Christians are known for? Sharing God's peace. That we practice this most Sundays when we do the traditional confession and our forgiveness is announced in the absolution and we stand up and we share with one another the peace of the Lord. Now, you remember that this is not just a, a greeting, good morning, oh, good to be with you this morning. It's not that. It is literally intentionally sharing what we have just received from the Lord in that reconciliation, in that forgiveness. We have peace. We are reconciled to God. And now we go to those who are around us and we share the peace of the Lord. And yesterday I was just picturing this. What if we lived our lives in such a way that we took this 
to those around you. We use those kinds of words. The peace of the Lord be with you. Now, I have a feeling you're going to probably watch some people who either in the look on their eyes or in the shake of their head are going to be like, what are you saying? May God's peace and presence, his love and his forgiveness rest on you as you rest in the 1970s and early 80s when the first couple of Star Wars movies came out, you, you know how you uh, know that you're watching the movie with a group of Lutherans? When they say, may the force be with you, right, the audience responds and says, and also with you. There you go, just so you remember that. Do you know how simple that is? Do you encounter somebody who's struggling? whose life seems to be in turmoil or somehow disturbed. And we literally just speak God's presence and his peace into that situation and into their life. May the peace of the Lord be with you. He's called us to be his witnesses, empowered, filled with the Holy Spirit. Why was it significant that I started off and Jesus then led us to recognize this isn't just his instructions to the 12. And it's not just his instructions to the 72. It's his instructions to us. This is how we have been commanded and called to live. We have this peace. We have this assurance. But we are now called and sent as his ambassadors, his witnesses, to share this. That translation of Jerusalem, Judea, is Oxford, the villages, Wildwood. That's our Jerusalem. Judea, Florida, America, Samaria, Canada, Mexico, Haiti, India, you name it, to the ends of the earth. It's in all of them. Sent us to share this peace. I'm very humbled by Jesus' words when he says, and, and I hope not just me, but you, when he says, Whoever listens to you listens to me. It is extremely humbling and to consider that I and you are mouthpieces of the Lord. Whatever we do is our witness. Every time I do a mission trip, just like recently in May when I was in Haiti, one of the things I always have reminded those who uh, go on these with me is that whatever you do is part of your witness. It's not just the VBS. It's not just the construction. It's not just the outreach event. And then we go back to our you know, group. And No, no. How we walk down the street, how we interact with the staff where we stay, how we interact with the people in the community in general, how they see us interacting with one another. Every bit of that is part of our witness. 
bring that home? How you interact and how you walk and how you respond to those around you is part of your witness. We are given to each other. Our reading from Galatians talks about carry each other's burdens. That almost sounds today, forgive me for saying it, a little anti-American. Because we are so isolated in the way we want to live within our own little kingdom. And, you know, as long as what I'm doing doesn't affect anybody else, I just want to be concerned with my realm and my world. But I think the Lord is telling us today, remember, I put you in family. I put you in community because you were given to each other. And therefore, it's not all about me. It's not all about you. It's about this relationship to one another. Carry each other's burdens. And then he goes on to say, do not grow weary of doing good. Do not grow weary of being my witnesses. It's not like, you know, I I did that when I was raising my children or, you know, I used to serve the church, but I'm too tired, too old, done. Somebody the other day on our vacation said, when are you going to retire? And right away he replied back and he said, oh, yeah, you're a pastor. You never retire. And you know that should be true for you as well? You're a disciple, a follower, an ambassador of Jesus Christ, and there's no timeline on that. From the time you were baptized and brought into the family of faith was your commissioning and your calling to go and to be his witnesses. I love going back to Psalm 51 as a psalm for me of my own personal Um, confession of sin as David there confessed and acknowledged his sin and sought out uh, God's forgiveness and that cleansing. But I love his cry to the Lord when he says, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And that's what I pray has already happened this morning. You've remembered, you've received, and you tangibly have been given again the joy of your salvation. Notice in our reading how it says, do not rejoice that the demons submit to you. Although isn't that great that God can work through you and me that way? But he says, rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. With that joy, you and I have been released and we have been sent to go and to serve and to celebrate and rejoice in this calling that we have received, in the blessings we have, that our names are written in the book of life. May we be vessels to allow others' names to be written there as well. Amen.